Hey guys, this is Adam here, uh, other, otherwise known as John Ollie. Uh, just sitting here enjoying a World's Fair beer, uh, complimentary of my good buddy Davery here. Uh, we're going to go over some things that happened in uh, episode one and maybe a little bit in episode zero. So guys, uh, introduce yourself to my rat. We've got... This is Matt. I play Fane. Uh, I'm Chad. I play Sebastian. I'm Wes. I'm the Game Master. I'm Valley. I play Kitnik. I'm Davery. I play Adagoke. And uh, this is going to be TLDL for those of you out there that don't listen, like Matt. <laughs> Too long, didn't listen. Yeah. Shorten it up. Well. So, uh, Wes, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, how you feel after episode one, episode zero? Nah. No? Not at all? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Wes. How about you do it anyway? <laughs> okay, fine. Can, right. can we role play this a little bit? Yeah, we'll go ahead and role play. Uh, I'm the game master. I'm role playing as a game master right now. Uh, I'll pretend my best. So, if I remember right, five complete strangers <laughs> wake up on a ship together. And then they have the most adventurous day they've had in their entire life. We hear a lot about keel hauling. Yeah, yep, there is. A and lot. learn what it is. Does Fane? Did Fane finally learn what keel hauling is? Unfortunately, he what is. does he feel about it? He's not happy about it at all. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah, Adam, the player, did not know what uh, keel hauling was either. <laughs> Neither did and I. Now I'm really glad that I never have to experience that. Yeah. yeah. And when you first started describing it, until you talked, until Chad talked about the uh, the barnacles, I'm like, what's so bad about that? He's just right. taking a little. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then it got so much worse. Yeah. It's basically yeah. being po- punched by a pointy ship <laughs> for an extended period of time. <laughs> while drowning. Yeah. Yeah. While drowning part. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine how strong the guys would have to be to carry him around the ship? Like just two guys dangling a human off the side of the ship? Oh, no. They've got leverage on their side because they tie him off to the yard arm, oh, which okay. carries one of the mainsails okay. typically. And they kind of, a lot of times, let the, the current passing into the ship drag him along mm-hmm. okay. rather than having to do it physically. Yep. See, I'm just imagining like, they get the two biggest guys on the ship and, you know, they're both holding one side of the rope. <laughs> like, oh, uh, that fall would in. be brutal. <laughs> well, I mean, by the point you're keel-hauling somebody, you don't really care if he falls in. I mean, yeah. if, the, if he comes back in the rope and the, there's just a frayed bit of rope, eh. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, or like a foot where a shark got him. I actually don't remember how it started. The last episode where it began when yeah. you woke up in a dark hold. And then you got ushered up on stage. Oh, they, that's right. They came down and yep. got us. And All Barnabas right. gave his big rousing speech. That, that I thought was wonderful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bet you did. And then, um, I did and then you were assigned jobs, and then you went off and did your jobs. Right. And, and you also did Kitnick's job because she couldn't operate the bilge yep. pump. Hey, I was I, I mean, was there. She jumped on it. I, I did. I tried. So is, actually, it, is that actually a pump, like you like a sump? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, it's right. like a single. I looked at pictures of it, like right. the, the current ones, and it's basically like a single arm pump. Like, have you ever seen one of the little... Um, like railroad, like, water, like if you seen one of the little almost. railroad cars where you pump up and down on the yeah, side, yeah. it looks right. like half of one oh, of those. So there's, so, oh, so now I understand could, how much help you were. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. exactly. So, or you could have one that's double sided. Probably in an older ship, it'd make more sense, but right. just work faster. But, see that oh, that yeah. was in my in my mind's eye. That's what I was seeing was right. the two handle one, so that you were holding on to it, and every time Fane pushes down, you just lift up. <laughs> right, that's kind of what I think it probably looked like in the bottom of the. Uh, this one, yeah, he was having to hold your weight. Double lever. All right, pump. that that makes more sense. I kept on imagining like the, the plunger from a TNT blow up thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I was imagining her jumping on it, pushing it down, like pushes her back. Up, she jumps on it. That's what I. That's what I was imagining. I was trying. No, you did. I like. Awful. We need to do that more during an episode and describe what you're seeing, and then I can correct you in the middle of the episode. Sounds yes. good. That'll be nah. It's much more fun to do it here. Uh, let's see. So then you guys had uh, ship actions in the evening. Yep. Um, everybody did their own little thing and had interaction or. I think John had a like a. Uh, <laughs> he became an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that was later. That was in the uh, the drinking hour. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, for the ship action, well, no, no. Ship yeah, action was after a drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, it was after you had your first drink and were really questioning yeah. life in general. Yeah, after you had okay. your uh, your heart to heart with the cook and <laughs> you know introduced some pathos into the uh, and which was every- awesome because I was not expecting the cook to have anything else. Like he's just the cook, but then for him to be someone that we can interact with and actually yeah. have some sort of story that's yeah. pretty cool. That's Ambrose, yeah. right? Yeah, I heard Ambrose. I heard sad violin music the whole time. Um, that's know. great. <laughs> Off that topic, we should also maybe talk about. Like doing something like you know listing who who the actor that would play the character because every time you described the cook and you were uh, mm-hmm. you were speaking about him I don't know if anyone else has ever watched Trailer Park Boys but one of the main guys <laughs> is uh, Jim Leahy and he's just drunk like everything mm. he says is like the liquor's in control now <laughs> and that is exactly who I envisioned okay. just with like a bandana on never seen Trailer Park Boys but that one line sorry go no, just that one line. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay. See, for me, for some reason, I was picturing him as, um, oh, crap, I can't remember the name of the actor. The guy that did, uh, he was in all sorts of stuff. He was in Blazing Saddles and Airwolf, and he did SpongeBob. He was... Uh, in Airwolf? Do you mean Ernest Borgnine? Or just Ernest Borgnine. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I couldn't okay, make the connection between Airwolf and SpongeBob. Well, <laughs> hell, it's a six degrees about. of separation. Yeah, no he kidding. was in both of them. You know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> But I, for some reason, I was picturing the cook as a super drunk Ernest Borgnine. I can see that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's Wes. Maybe I think of Wes as a young, super drunk <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. So, out of curiosity, from episode zero, episode one, and this is more for the players and less so for Wes, since you're the GM, you kind of know what's going on in the background. Was there anything that surprised any of you guys? Anything you weren't expecting? Like, any major, hey, this really popped out at me kind of thing? I wasn't expecting a guy to be chained up down in the bilge. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting, interesting thing to happen. I didn't um, expect to get that dirty. <laughs> but you got clean real quick. I did. I pressed digitated. Yes. Not so much yet, but I'm sure Wes has some some things in store that will probably catch me off yeah. guard. Yeah. Well, we have but four, I'm cynical that way, so, you know. We have four boxing ladies, or I don't know if they were all women or not. That oh, the top there was the at least one man. Yeah, I was going to say okay, there were several down. women, but I think at least one of them was... Was it the mute half-orc? No. Okay. Wait. I remember... Was he one of them? I don't With one remember. leg named Lucky? <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get into that in episode two. I, I don't know. I fully expected we would get the prison greeting at some point, but, you know. Hold my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so, outside of uh, episode zero, episode one, uh, there are definitely some things that we should talk about as far as our game is going to go. Um, exceptions that we're doing with our game, like hero points. Uh, I know that we had, had a pretty heated discussion about hero points and whether or not we were going to use them or if you know we thought that they would be fun to use at all. Uh, and we did decide to go with them. It looks like we are going to use them. Now, Wes, do all of our characters start out with one hero yes. point? So we all have one hero point. And for those of you that don't know, essentially my understanding of a hero point is that you can use it to do kind of a daring act. It's something... You know, you're allowed to use a hero point to succeed at something that maybe you wouldn't be able to do normally. Is that correct? If you use it before a roll, you get plus eight to the roll. Yeah. If you use it after the roll, you get plus four. Um, a couple of other things. You can use a hero point during combat to take an additional standard action on your turn. Those are the ones I remember off the top of my head, but there's several things you can do with a hero point. Yeah, yeah we, had, thanks, we had sort of That's discussed, like, as you said, using them to kind of allow ourselves to do some of the very swashbuckling sort of daring acts that maybe our characters wouldn't be able to pull off just on raw numbers. Can we yeah. call them Errol Flynn points? Yes. There you go. I like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, hero points, I'm just going to read it verbatim. Hero points can be spent anytime and do and do not require an action to use. Uh, you, cannot use you can only use one hero point during a single combat round. Uh, whenever a hero point uses point is spent, it can have any one of the following effects. Act out of turn, get a bonus like I described, plus eight or plus four after the roll. Uh, hero points spent to aid another character grant only half the listed bonus. So before the roll, it's plus four or plus two after the roll. So you can grit. I guess you can kind of grant your hero point to another player. 
extra action, uh, standard action during a move turn or move action during his turn. Inspiration: If you feel stuck, you can ask the GM something to you know help you out. Uh, spend a hero point to recall. Spend a hero point to recall a spell that you've cast or gain cast or to gain another use special ability that is otherwise limited. Uh, reroll. You may spend a, re- a hero point to reroll any one d twenty. You roll that you just made. Uh, you must take the second result. So kind of like a something else. Uh, and then special competition the GM to allow a hero point to be used to attempt nearly anything that would normally almost be impossible. No, nope. so the Errol Flynn stuff. Like I said, the Errol. Flynn now, you already agreed to the Errol Flynn oh. stuff. <laughs> this is the one <laughs> where it says you know giving a fighter the ability to cast a spell. So yeah, I, I, but we had discussed that. Yeah. I think we decided no, we're not going to do that. That's, but other crazy Errol Flynn style sure. yeah. theatrics, sure. That is basically a mechanic for the rule of cool. Yes. This allows you to invoke that rule, and if it's cool enough. Enough, you're probably going to be able to do it, you, okay. especially if you're spending a finite resource like hero points. Oh, which that you say that you get one per level, and there's a cap of three. Correct. And you can also grant them as a GM whenever mm-hmm. you feel like necessary. Do they in regenerate, fact, or is it like you use them? You in get the one per level. One per level. And, just, and then if I think you do something really cool, uh, you get another one. And in fact, that RP that Adam and I had with uh, between him and Ambrose, Adam and John get a hero point for that. Sweet. So we're going nice. to go ahead and give him our first hero point out right here. Nice. Uh, there's actually one more thing that you can do. Uh, cheat death. Character can spend two hero points to cheat death. So if you die, you don't die. Well, That's you guys the, know what I'm going to be doing with my two hero points. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking rum? I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. Stave off, uh, stave off the DTs? I mean... Uh, yeah. And you don't have to feel like you have to burn those two hero points uh, to save your character. Uh, if the moment is dramatic enough and him dying is dramatically appropriate, I say let him go. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, in fact, don't hold. Well, now I'm saying it on air, so you're going to hold me to it. Don't say it. You got it. Don't uh, say it. But I'll let you carry the hero points over just well, to give you a little bit of incentive to let the character go if that happens. Well, and I would also say if you've got the hero points and you want your character to go out in truly dramatic fashion, that might be a fantastic time to use them to yeah. do something with the rule of cool to ensure that you go out in truly dramatic fashion. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to cast Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> On everybody? Yes. So basically, it's less. if you use your hero points and you're going out, it's you're less casting Fireball and more you become the Fireball. Sure. Man, that would be so. That would be so cool. It'd be a sonic ball, self-immolation. Hey, so everybody listening, did you understand what hero points are now? Yes. All right. <laughs> awesome. Uh, one other thing we should also probably cover, just while we're talking about alternate rules, is uh, background skills. It's a minor thing, but we are, you know. Yeah, Chad, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, well, background skills are essentially they are to represent life skills your character has picked up before they became an adventurer. So. You know, most of the time when you build a character, most people tend not to focus on skills, you know, knowledge, history or professions or crafts like blacksmith or carpentry or what have you, because they're not useful in a standard adventuring environment. Um, I don't have these specific rules in front of me, but essentially background skills give you an extra number of skill points to spend. Is it two? Okay, Two. two skill points to spend on things like perform or craft or sleight of hand even, things that your character picked up just as, as a 
you know, as they were growing up before sure, their adventuring sure. life. So, for Some example, like John Ollie has k- cooking uh, because he came from a place that you know, like where he worked, they were cooking bread all yeah. the time. He was in a bakery, so yeah. And Sebastian yeah. picked up profession gambler because some, that's how he made his living. You know, yeah. and some of the knowledges have been moved into the yes. background category. So, like knowledge geography is not as useful in a traditional Pathfinder game as knowledge religion. Right. right. So Absolutely. knowledge geography has become yes. a background skill. Sure. Yeah, the core and, four or core five <laughs> knowledge skills. Yeah, religion, arcana. Planes. That makes a lot more um, sense now because I was still a little bit not understanding the background skills. But yeah, for the most part, like when I build a character, I'm building for what's going to happen in the future, and I don't really think about where my character yeah. came from outside of its backstory. Yeah, you're not. That not makes take, sense. Yeah. You're not going to like take knowledge geography, as he said, because I might just be spending most of my time in a dungeon, and it's not going to do me any good. Right. So do I want to waste that skill point? No matter how much you might want to role play it, there's always that reluctance to do. Right. It. And sure, my character might have been some sort of farmer from the north. But I'm not playing a ranger or a druid, so I ain't sinking points into handle animal. <laughs> well, now handle animal is a background skill, so yeah. you can be like, okay, well, I can throw a couple points in that and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I had to whip the family donkey to get him to help plow the field. Yeah, so I figured you, don't you were like the sheep wasting. charmer. Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Adam? I was just saying, essentially, you don't feel like you're wasting skill right. points. Because yes. there right. are some, I mean, some of these characters you build, you get one skill point or two skill points, and you're like, well, yeah, well you wouldn't have any experience with that, would you, Adam? Well, <laughs> and I got to say, as a GM, I don't think I will ever GM another Pathfinder game and not use backgrounds. No, that's points. great. Yeah, yeah. It's really it, good. it really provides like it. a lot of role playing opportunities yep. that you're otherwise reluctant to engage in. Right. Yeah, it allows you to flesh it out. Yes. It's really handy for a bard. Right. <laughs> the role playing I've done uh, just in the first session with using perform. My perform mm-hmm. is a background skill and I mm-hmm. would not have that on a brawler if it weren't for the fact that it's basically a, a gimme skill. And now yeah. we have flips and tricks. Flips exactly. and tricks. Exactly. Flips and tricks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the other thing I was going to bring up was that uh, one of the things that we really wanted to delve into was more advanced character classes. Uh, I think all of us, for the most part, are playing something a little unusual. Uh, but specifically, uh, is there anything any of you guys have that is kind of an exception that Wes lets you do that maybe your character wouldn't have been able to do otherwise? Uh, I, I know, for example, for me, like uh, with swashbucklers, they have swashbucklers finesse, and it applies to certain weapons. You get your dex bonus instead of your strength bonus to do attack. Uh, and, and instead, what uh, he let me do was he let me use the cutlass, uh, which is not included in the swashbuckler for some reason, which seems really weird. But that's not that one of the weird. weapons included. I agree. So essentially, it gave me like an extra point instead of a minus one. Uh, but that was kind of an exception. I don't know. Did any of you guys have anything similar to that? Well, I'm level five. Oh, man. <laughs> I think you may have been dreaming. I'm going to need to see maybe. that email, Matt. <laughs> you said yes. Uh, were you slightly inebriated at the time? Not slightly. Uh, Excuse me. (laughs) But we did go and decide to use advanced classes. Correct. Um, I mean, even Valley, though she's playing a rogue, she's still playing an unchained rogue. Right. Which is just a little bit different. It's enough different from the rogue that you really have to know your stuff to play it. And we talked a lot about our classes and a little bit of background story in our episode zero. So if you want to know more, check those out. Absolutely. Uh, So you guys want to talk about the job system a little bit? I know listeners got to hear it uh, in episode one. So... Yeah, do you mind if I start there? You go for it, Wes. Yeah, uh, so the way it's written in the book is you are assigned a job by Mr. Plug or Master Scourge. Um, but in order to make it a little more interesting, especially for the podcast, is uh, I'm putting a lot more agency into the players' hands. So they, the players make the roles. The players determine everything. They, nothing goes through me. I've got a list for you guys that you have right there in front of you. So then succeed or fail... You 
tell me the story rather than uh, Mr. Scourge or Master Scourge walks up and says, hey, you go do this. And then he stands over and watches you do it. And you make the rolls right there in front of me. And I can determine what the success and failure is. You tell me the story and we have, I think we're having a lot more fun with it this oh, week. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually like that. I, that. When we first started talking about the ship actions, I was like, like the rest of us were sitting here going, oh, this is going to be tedious. And yeah, the theory of it yeah. was awful. Yeah, the, the way they explained it was just, it sounded like something where it would be like, yay, I'm going to here, I'm going to go do the bilges, the end. But I like the fact that we actually don't know what we're doing day to day. We actually roll, you know, and we could do one of six different things. Yep. It could be the same thing or it could be a different thing. And then I had a lot of fun role-playing the bilges. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. In fact, talking Just, about yeah. the bilges, uh, you failed your role. I did. You should have been Whooped. disciplined for it. Yeah. But the way the story emerged was uh, Fane over there becomes fatigued, So, but he's also doing the same job, so he kind of covers for you. You're welcome. Which yeah. allows some progressive storytelling, and I really enjoyed that aspect. Yeah. And it worked because the way that we do it, instead of each of the three swabs having different jobs each day, it's possible to get the same job, which is what happened to mm-hmm. us. And that ended up benefiting us. Also, the fact that we were both down there, we both met the, the body that was down the body, the body, <laughs> those down the name, a future <laughs> corpse, not anymore. <laughs> the future corpse known as Jake's magpie. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it, I think added to the story and I, I've enjoyed that more than I thought I was going to. And there are penalties. I mean, yeah, I'm and there fatigued are penalties. now for the next day. I've got to take that into account when I do right. whatever I'm doing the next day. Yeah, no, what's, what's really interesting to me, I guess, and it's kind of something that we're trying to make it sound better for you all, but what's didn't you say that they actually kind of intended this to be monotonous for the players, to teach them, like, this is what the beginning of a pirate life would be like for slaves, essentially. <laughs> I mean, to make the donuts. Yep. Yeah, when, it's supposed to kind of suck. When the first paragraph in the Adventure Path says, well, this is to show the monotony on a ship, <laughs> that will not work for a podcast. Yeah. No, no, not well, at all. Well, even a regular adventure, that seems like a really good way to get the players to go, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I got something better to do not this <laughs> Can evening. we skip yep. two weeks? Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. so trying to put some agency in the players, do some little role playing, a little allow you guys to have a little more fun with it. Yeah, and so far, phenomenal job. I'm enjoying the hell out yeah. of this. And we had even mentioned that a lot of the roles you have to do things like make a DC 10 climb check, do a DC 10 profession sailor check, and traditionally in a role you're going to have to say, okay, I will either you have the option to either work diligently or slack off or do whatever, and you'll get pluses or minuses to your role. And normally you have to declare that beforehand. Since we're doing this for a podcast, we're trying to trying to move things along as interestingly as possible. We're actually going to be adding those bonuses at the end of the roll. So we Which I really like that. Yeah. 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 So it's like, oh, I got a 12, so I can actually afford to shirk even after my penalties. Yeah, right. It gives you a chance to, you can, you can take some of those risks to go and explore or, in your case, spit on other crew members from the crow's <laughs> nest or whatever it was. Right. You know. Right. Uh, <laughs> Or, or was it somebody failed miserably and was like, well, I'm already failing. I might as well take the negative to go yeah. do this well, other thing. Yeah, <laughs> right. When, yeah. We were, when we were doing just a quick practice run through, I rolled a one. So I went ahead and shirked my responsibilities, which basically meant I didn't even show the hell up. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. went somewhere else. <laughs> right. As opposed to everybody going, yeah. well, I don't have climb or I don't have a great dexterity score. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to work diligently before you even make the roll. You go, well, I'm going to have to take the work diligently action. So I'm just going to be boring for this entire time. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of the tests are very physical. So if you're playing, you know, for example, I'm playing a sorcerer. So if we weren't handling it this way, I would be at a severe risk of failing pretty much every task because I have no bonuses to any of those skills. So I would be reluctant to try anything else because I, you know, 
Right. I'm a tiny, weak humanoid. I mean, we saw what happened when I had to do something that involved strength. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. There's nothing. We did. Nothing <laughs> you did makes a good great radio. Job. Thank you. Nothing makes good radio like standing around just rolling a d20 silently. Yep. <laughs> right. So, silently. Why play a tabletop role-playing game if you can't break the rules a little bit, right? Exactly. Exactly. Cool. What else you got for us? It's well, more like so, a guideline. This is pirates. <laughs> I like it. Yep. So after uh, after we do our jobs, we do we then have the bloody hour, right? Right. Rum. So, rum. Well, the rum first, or was that rum, a bloody rum? hour first? Yeah, bloody hour yeah. first, and like then we have the rum. Uh, so the rum is really interesting. Alcohol yeah. in general for this campaign sounds mm. like it's really going to suck. At least yeah. for me already, <laughs> because my understanding is you just roll essentially like a d20. Is it fortitude? Something like that. It's something like yeah. that. Regardless, there's several different rolls. But yeah, yeah, you roll a couple different things, and depending on what you roll, you're either addicted to alcohol or you're not. And if you're addicted to alcohol, then you basically have to keep drinking or you're going to have all these penalties against you. Or you can give it up for a day, but I'm assuming if I don't drink in front of pirates, they're going to probably bless me out. So yeah. it's going to create an interesting dynamic for sure. Yep. Uh, and one of the things they stress is this type of rum is way more potent than the rum that you and I drink today. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking like 150 proof. It's like sure. PGA rum. I'm pretty it's, certain I have a bottle of that at my house yeah. right now. Right. And, <laughs> if, and if you water it down, it's called grog. Oh, right. yeah. So you yeah. do have the option of watering it down, and I think there's going to be... I've really got to come up with what grog is. They don't specifically say what it is, but it'll have a lesser effect. Okay, yeah. I think that grog is supposed to be, and feel free for everyone on the internet to complain about it if I'm <laughs> wrong, but I think it's watered-down rum and a bunch of lime yeah, yeah, in citrus. order to prevent scurvy. Correct. At least in okay. the British Navy, I believe you're correct. That's exactly, exactly right. what it was. Well, so, I thought it was interesting. I've never... Ever in my entire lifetime of playing games have ever had alcohol or drugs or any kind of influence like that for the PCs to be a part of. So I was kind of shocked at how hard it was mm -hmm. for, uh, well, when uh, John failed his role, how bad it really affected him. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, it, it's given me, ultimately... Like I'm looking at my sheet right now, and I have a minus one to my constitution. I mean, sure, I get a plus three to charisma, but if you continue to drink like that and you continue to get negatives, you'll die. Right. I mean, it'll bring your constitution down and you're just dead. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, Sebastian, even though he didn't get addicted, went from a ten con to a seven in one drink. Yeah. So he could easily drink himself to death if it came to it. Um, so, yeah, it is it's rough deadly. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty crazy deadly. And then if you're fatigued from that day's work... Yep. Yeah, it hits you hard. That's so why that's I went to bed early. Good girl. <laughs> yeah. Because you were from t fatigued from all that not bilging you were doing. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I had to be up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed the next day to Your do no work. Your were sore from holding on for so long. Yeah. I try. <laughs> and we just had a microphone foul. Yep. Foul. A second one. Well, uh, the... The, the, what did we come up with for the rum? We call it rum meth. Uh, rum yeah, meth. rum meth. Rum meth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what Adam said. It's yeah. pretty bad stuff. There was one thing that oh, I yeah. brought up last time that because I was confused, and we need to make sure that all the other sticklers in the world to things like this understand. There's not shifts on this ship. <laughs> I was like, uh, yes. how are we supposed to, you know, do stuff like at night? Does the whole ship just go to sleep? Apparently, in this world, the whole ship just goes to oh, sleep. Yeah. The ship just sails itself at night. <laughs> I'm not going to argue it. I'm just going to go with it. But it's a fantasy world. It's a magic ship. Yes. <laughs> they throw Maybe the parking use... brake on. Apparently. Because <laughs> they call that the anchor. It would, right? Because for me, it would make sense. Like, okay, at night, you know, if we wanted to, to wake up in the night and go sneaking around the ship, we'd have to avoid people. Oh, no, there's no people. Ship sails itself. So, yes, there's not shifts of people. Everyone sleeps at night. Which is really interesting because I, I wanted Fane to have a night shift. 
because he's got issues with bright lights. He was wanting to specifically try to get a dark, uh, you know, a, a darker shift, a night shift. So it to just keep working the bilge. <laughs> well, right. and it worked out well. Yeah. Speaking Fell of right sticklers, and because we are going to get hate mail from that first uh, episode one, let's go over <laughs> some ship terminology real quick. <laughs> oh, no. oh no! How embarrassing! P-O-R-T uh, is the same as L E F T. That's all I need to know. So the front of the ship is the fore or the bow. The left side is port. The right side is starboard. The rear is the aft or the stern. So please direct all hate mail somewhere else in the future. <laughs> we, we'll try to remember this now. All right, guys. I think we've learned quite a bit about episode one, episode zero. A little bit of exceptions there. Uh, for all you listeners, thanks for checking in, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Yeah. This has been TLDL. TLDL! TLDL!